Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. seat. Thank you, folks. Welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. And I just want to start off tonight... Start off with a, with a happy Valentine's Day to everybody. It's not only in here, but out there. Happy Valentine's to everybody who's watching. It's almost midnight, and you're doing the sexiest thing there is. You're watching TV. Let's set the mood. That's right. That's right. I have a clapper. Pretty daring idea for a show with a live audience. So, how's it going out there? Looks like you're having a great night. Just know I'm rooting for both of you. Wait a second. All three of you. Hey. Don't mind me, I'll just be over here doing my thing. A long monologue. And maybe later, if we're lucky, some Toyota commercials. And I got 400 people in this room with me who just like to watch. And... And it looks like they're down for anything because they're all wearing masks. And I'm... <laughs> okay, that was for the clapper. That was for the clapper. And I'm happy to help because America could use a little help in the seduction department right now because according to new research, Americans are at a 30-year low for sex. And again, no judgment. Whatever doesn't float your boat. I'm not going to kink shame the jigsaw puzzle breathe right strip lights out by 9 p.m. lifestyle. Because <laughs> Americans are truly over the hump. In fact... of American adults didn't have sex once over the past year, according to the 2021 General Social Survey. Though the poll does have a margin of error of plus or minus a stranger is calling me with questions about what I do with my junk. (laughs) The survey found that the number of married couples who had sex less than once a month doubled between 1989 and today, leading researchers to conclude the 1980s really were better for sex. (laughs) Well, of course they were. We have way better TV now. (laughs) These days, you gotta stay up to watch three episodes of Station Eleven and then pass out at midnight. Back then, it was Alf at eight, then it was straight to Bone Town till Carson came on. (laughs) But for those of you, for those of you who are looking to spark things up this year in honor of Valentine's Day, Taco Bell has announced it will give out a free flaming Hot Cool Ranch Doritos Locos Taco. (laughs) It's tasty. I say, Ed, that could be that could be the beginning of a great love story. Oh, how did we meet? Well, we locked eyes in line for the same single stall bathroom. <laughs> it's yeah. 
and it has been a Baja blast ever since. <laughs> Speaking of romance, football. Yesterday, the L.A. Rams won the men's Super Bowl, defeating the Cincinnati Bengals 23 to 20. Here's the post-victory interview with the Rams QB. <laughs> Very excited. Very excited. He's going to Disney. He's going to Disney. Everybody's still talking about the amazing halftime show starring Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Did you catch it? Fantastic. Two legends of hardcore gangster rap, or as the kids call him today, Martha Stewart's friend and the headphones guy. <laughs> but as always, the star of the game was the commercials, and this year a ton of them were pushing crypto. There was a floating QR code for Coinbase, Larry David selling something called FTX, and LeBron James advising his younger self to learn more about crypto.com. If he really wants to look out for young LeBron, Tell him to avoid Space Jam 2. <laughs> I know we have a difference of opinion. LeBron. We have a difference of opinion. I mean... According to experts, Super Bowl Monday is one of the least productive work days. <laughs> I was gonna do a joke on that, but no one came up with one. <laughs> That's... Yeah. Good team joke. But that queasy feeling might not be from the queso you ate last night. It could be because U.S. officials are warning that Putin could invade Ukraine at any time. That's not the kind of will he or won't he that I look forward to on Valentine's Day. <laughs> I invade you. I invade you not. I invade you. I invade you not. Feed this flower some sushi. American officials speculated the invasion would begin on Wednesday, and today that motion appeared to be seconded by Ukrainian president and man who just remembered he has a pudding cup in his lunch, <laughs> Volodymyr Zelensky. In a speech, Zelensky said, we are told that February 16th will be the day of the attack. What? You were supposed to warn us, Punxsutawney Phil! <laughs> Why did we listen to Groundhog Predictor? People freaked out to hear the president of Ukraine say that, so one of Zelensky's aides came out and said the comment was sarcastic. <laughs> okay, as a semi-professional joke teller, uh, let me just say to President Zelensky, if you have to tell everybody that you were just being sarcastic, you're doing a great job. <laughs> really good. Diplomatic efforts are continuing, but so far, no progress has been made. Over the weekend, President Biden spoke with Putin for more than an hour by the phone. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Vlad, this whole thing reminds me of the time my Uncle Pippi threatened to take away our hooping sticks for kicking up a rumpus. <laughs> Pippi's candy shop was across the main drag from the movie house where you could sneak in the side door and see the latest talkie. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Somebody cut the trunk. Oh, that's, that's a hand. That's a phone. Get, somebody get him back on the horn. <laughs> on the call, Biden warned that if Russia invades Ukraine, the U.S. and its allies will respond decisively and impose swift and severe costs. Sounds scary, but according to one Russian official, we don't give a <laughs> about all their sanctions. <laughs> of course, I can't say that on CBS, but this guy clearly does not give a 
according. Say that. Not me. It's not me, John. It's turning to the pandemic. The number of cases of Omicron has gone down radically. So, yes. Everyone can start to relax and then tense up again because chicken producers are warning about a fast-spreading bird flu spreading across the U.S. Hey, chicken producers! Maybe next time, pipe up before we spend an entire Sunday face-first in a tray of buffalo wings. <laughs> a little Punxsutawney Phil. <laughs> now, bird flu isn't a big risk to humans, but the last outbreak in 2015 killed nearly 50 million birds, mostly turkeys and chickens. That's two-thirds of a turducken. <laughs> if this happens again, Americans will have to come up with a new multi-animal treat. I'm going to say hamburgini pigeon. Returning uh, to our first pandemic already in progress, it's been over two years now, and everyone is sick of it. You want to know how bad things have gotten? Canadians have become... impolite. Eh? For the past week... For the last week, Canadian truckers have been blockading the Ambassador Bridge, which links Windsor, Ontario, and Detroit. That means for a week now, people couldn't go between two places they didn't want to go. <laughs> the blockade... Have you been to Windsor? Yeah. You been to Windsor? <laughs> no, Windsor. <laughs> the blockade had a devastating economic impact because the bridge is the busiest U.S.-Canada border crossing, carrying 25% of all trade between the two countries. Our Canadian imports were threatened. America was on the brink of a strategic shortage of sexy Ryans. <laughs> the truckers, who call themselves the Freedom Convoy, are protesting a new Canadian mandate requiring them to be either fully vaccinated when crossing the border or face a two-week quarantine. And over the weekend, a Canadian judge issued an injunction. The police cleared the bridge, arresting about 30 protesters who now face a maximum penalty of $100,000 and up to a year Imprisonment. You hear that, truckers? Your refusal to drive your trucks means you could be forced to spend a year in a metal box peeing into a bottle. <laughs> speaking... Speaking... Mm-hmm. Speaking of people who should be in jail, Georgia Congresswoman and... <laughs> and Terminator sent back to make sure Americans are too dumb to invent Skynet... Marjorie Taylor Greene. Over this past week, Greene made the TV rounds complaining about the scope of the January 6th investigation. Now, we were off last week, but she said something so dumb that we almost came back to do a special live show just to talk about it. (laughs) This damn close. That close. I was at the airport. I was getting on the plane. Here's what she said. They're investigating our staff, looking at their social media. Everything is completely out of control. Not only do we have the D.C. jail, which is the D.C. gulag, but now we have Nancy Pelosi's gazpacho police spying on members of Congress. Yes. (laughs) The gazpacho police. (laughs) Cup of gerbil soup. (laughs) Top Rommel, Lenny Beefenstock. All portrayed in the classic movie, Schindler's Bisque. (laughs) We got a great show for you tonight.
Up next, the hot new trend in making babies. sensitive subject with everybody in this room, and it's babies. Where do they come from? What do they want with this? Why do we feel compelled to put their teensy feetsies in our mouths? I will eat you alive! Especially the thighs, just so... There are lots of questions parents face when bringing a baby into this world. Number one is always, what branded content should we tie to our child's birth? Well, good news, there's so many choices. For starters, a hospital in West Palm Beach, Florida is offering Lily Pulitzer-themed birthing suites. Now, if you're not familiar, Lily Pulitzer is a line of clothing for people who walked into a beach house where the wallpaper hasn't changed since 1966 <laughs> and said, does that come in a size eight? And Lily pulitzed out all the stops. The suite comes with bright, colorful decor, a complimentary robe, and a diaper bag. According to one woman who gave birth in the Lily Suite, it's just so calming and peaceful. It felt like being on a retreat or at a resort. You know, one of those resorts where you scream in a lounge chair for three hours and then push a volleyball out of your vagina. But all-inclusive. It's all-inclusive. You don't even have to tip. But maybe you don't want to feel like you're giving birth in the lobby of a country club. Well, in Taiwan, parents can have their babies at the world's only Hello Kitty-themed hospital, where nurses wear Hello Kitty-branded uniforms. Cute for the maternity ward, less so for the OR. <laughs> now, folks, folks, I believe exploiting the private precious experience that is giving birth for a corporate profit is brilliant, and I want in. <laughs> That's why we here at the Late Show Comedy, Arts, and Medical Conglomerate have synergistically merged with some of the best brands available to form St. Adspace Hospital. <laughs> at St. Adspace, we know birth is a magical time when two consumers come together to make a whole new consumer. And that's why we offer a wide variety of branded birthing suites to match every mom's lifestyle. Now, not every mom has that Lily Pulitzer vibe. So for the alt-punk emo moms on a budget, St. Adspace recommends our Hot Topic birthing suites. We... We will blare System of a Down while you give birth on sheets in your choice of plaid, black, or slightly different plaid. And dads will savor the memory of cutting the wallet chain. For sporty moms, why not book our Lids-themed birthing suite? You'll wear a hat while giving birth into a hat, then enjoy a complimentary celebration meal served in, in a hat. <laughs> Lids. It's just hats. <laughs> of course, fun-loving parents can reserve our Lux Dave & Buster's birthing suite, where you can give birth on a skee-ball machine. <laughs> mm. Paints a picture. Paints a picture, doesn't it? Get that baby in the top corner pocket. That's enough tickets for, like, a Pokemon keychain. <laughs> New moms deserve the best, but if you can't afford that, reserve our Budweiser Extreme Maternity Zone. Moms will be attended by an actual Budweiser Clydesdale. <laughs> then kick back with a complimentary six-pack of ice-cold Bud Light. Because after having your cervix checked by a doctor with hooves, mom, this Bud's for you. 
coming up, Jeffrey Wright. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. My first guest tonight is an Emmy and Tony Award-winning actor you know from Westworld, No Time to Die, and The French Dispatch. He's just narrated a new docu-series on Abraham Lincoln called Lincoln's Dilemma. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Jeffrey Wright. Hey, it is nice to see you again. It's great to see you, Stephen. We haven't seen each other in too long, but before the interesting times we live in called COVID. Yes. And uh, obviously, almost almost like uh, legally, I almost have to ask everyone who who got through this, who shows up on this show, what did you do to stay sane that entire time? I'm not sure I did, Stephen. I'm not sure I did uh, stay sane. Um, but yeah, I guess the last time we saw each other was the before times. Yeah. Right, right, season two or uh, three of Westworld or something yeah, like that. You know, I mean, the, w- one of the things that kind of kept me grounded was that I had the good fortune to stay busy. You sure uh, did, man. Was, uh, you know... I got these. <laughs> work. Yeah, there, you go. there you go. Oh, just a Bond movie. <laughs> just uh, No Time to Die. Yeah. Just French Dispatch, yeah. Wes Anderson. Oh, just a little part called Commissioner Gordon in the new Batman series. But... Well, it was that one. This uh, one right here? Yeah, we worked on Batman from January 2020 until March 2021. With a break in between, but we worked pretty much through the through the the lockdowns, the pan, the, the teeth of the pandemic, and it uh, it uh, it was good because it you know one we were fortunate to be working, but it also gave us something to focus on that uh, you know kept our minds off the uh, the uncertainty that was uh, you know that everyone around the world was experiencing. Well, obviously, all these superhero movies are often shrouded in a lot of secrecy. Some stuff has... We've seen clips now. We've seen trails now. Is there anything you can tell us about the movie or your role as Commissioner Gordon? Well, I'm actually Lieutenant Gordon. It's year two in uh, Batman's story, so pre-Commissioner days. So I'm Lieutenant, which is exciting because it it gives him an opportunity to be uh, in the middle of things. He's still a cop on the street. And so the, the story really harkens back to the origins of DC, the, the detective comics of it all. It's, um, it's a bit of a murder mystery. It's a thriller that also happens to be a Batman movie. So it was, uh, we were really excited about it. It was tricky making it, I have to say. We made certain sacrifices. We did what we had to. We focused on the job that we wanted to do together because do you guys want to see Batman? You want to see? Sure. And, sure. and, and um, you know, we, we wanted to make it as much as you wanted to see it. And in order to do that, we, you know, we had to uh, protect one another, uh, protect ourselves, and, uh, and realize that we were together against the virus. <laughs> the virus was the enemy. And, uh, and the, the focus Important was making the film. Yeah. 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 
We have to take a quick break, but stick around when we come back. I'll ask Jeffrey Wright about the new project, Lincoln's Dilemma. You're narrating a new four-part docu-series called Lincoln's Dilemma. Yes. What is Lincoln's Dilemma? Uh, well, uh, it, it's a, it's a, a series that uh, will be available February 18th on, uh, on Apple TV+. And it examines Lincoln's presidency over four parts and the evolution of his presidency. The dilemma for Lincoln, I think... I think Lincoln on all sides was between uh, a rock and a hard place. There were dilemmas everywhere. Um, but, you know, I'm just like anyone else. I, you know, I'm not a presidential historian. I know a, a reasonable amount about our history, but there, there, our history is so vast. And there are things in this series that I wasn't aware of. There was an incident that I think is particularly indicative of the challenges that Lincoln faced, or it's indicative of the times in which uh, he presided over this country. Uh, In 1850, 10 years before uh, Lincoln was elected, the Fugitive Slave Act is passed, which basically says that, hey, Southern, you, uh, you uh, slave owner, if you have uh, some of the human beings that you own, if they happen to run away to freedom, you have the right not only to go retrieve them, but you can do it with the assistance of the United States government. And there's an incident in uh, 1851 in a town called Christiana, Pennsylvania, about 20 miles north of the Mason-Dixon line. Four men uh, escaped a farm in Maryland, and they found safe haven there in a home that was owned by a couple called the Parkers, Uh, William and Eliza Parker, who themselves were runaway slaves who were now free people. And they lived in a community there, um, whites and blacks together, some Quaker community, black uh, free free people, and it seems uh, relatively harmonious, uh, seemed uh, 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 actually a long way from, you know, the brutality that they had escaped. Well, these four men found safe haven in the home of the Parkers, and their owner, or former owner, a man named Edward Gorsuch, came up from Maryland, uh, as it's told, early one morning. He had a warrant. He had a group of men, including one of his sons and a U.S. Marshal, and he came to retrieve uh, these men, essentially to kidnap them. And uh, a conversation ensued uh, in the mist uh, at dawn as he arrived at this house, And an exchange uh, took place between the two groups. And he was essentially told, uh, well, you can come get us. uh, But if you do, you you might be getting some of these bullets, too. Uh, They were going to fight for their freedom. And uh, uh, out of these tensions, uh, shots were fired uh, from uh, the side of uh, Gorsuch and his men. They were returned. uh, fire, Fire was returned from the house. Gorsuch was killed. His son was wounded. Those men dispersed. Uh, The men who had escaped fled. Some of them uh, uh, made their way to Canada uh, to further freedom. It was a huge trial afterward. 41 people were tried for treason against the U.S. government. For treason. Uh, The first case, uh, the jury acquitted uh, this man, a white man, in 15 minutes, and the rest of the charges were dismissed. But the interesting detail for me... uh, 
that uh, is indicative of how dense and complicated the issues of the, the, the day were uh, was that there was a man named Noah Bewley who was one of the runaways. He was described as a mulatto. He was said to have fired the first shot in return from the house. He was also reported to be Edward Gorsuch's son, a son that he had fathered by a woman that he enslaved. And it, 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 it you know, a lot of tensions among families, you know, uh, nowadays, political tensions, but, you know, can, can, you, can you imagine Thanksgiving at the, at the Gorsuch's? Uh, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty tense, although uh, he probably, Noah Bewley probably wasn't invited to the table, but, 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 for, but for me, I didn't know of this story. Uh, and it was so um, telling about the, how complicated our history is, how intertwined we are. You know, we're having conversations now about race, and you have people who don't really seem to be qualified to have these conversations, but they have large microphones, but they certainly don't seem to be aware of details like that that exist throughout our history. Because on that day, uh, Edward Gorsuch was white and his son was clearly black. So uh, we're asking questions now in public that about race uh, that have been answered many, many decades ago in our history. But if we go back and read that history, revisit that history, the lessons that uh, that Lincoln left us, the lessons that people like Frederick Douglass left us, who was a big influence on Lincoln, if we revisit those men's journeys, then a lot of our questions might be answered. Because, yeah, we're divided now, but uh, it's not, a bad, not as bad as it was back in the mid-19th century. We have it pretty good compared to what was going on back then, and they got through it. And if we follow, uh, perhaps if we follow their lead, we'll get through... Uh, these difficult days, these challenging days that we're facing now. Well, hopefully with fewer bullets. Fewer bullets. Fewer bullets. Jeffrey, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Up next, Alex Forstein. My next guest is an Emmy Award-winning actor you know from Family Guy, Getting On, and is Susie Meyerson in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Let's go. What? Right now. Let's go. We're going out. Out where? Don't think. Don't talk. Just walk. Uh, okay. Fine. I'll be right back. Wrong way. Where are you going? To grab a hat. No, don't, because it won't be just a hat. Yes, it will. Do not change your wardrobe. It's fine. Just a hat. It's never just a hat. Please welcome to The Late Show, Alex Borstein. Hello. Welcome. How you doing? Everything okay? Everything's okay. I'm very short, so I have to sit forward. Yeah. It's so lovely to meet you. It's lovely to Can't be met. Can't believe we've gone this long without having you on the show. I know. Where have you been? Uh, here, except for the last two years. You like this? What do you think I do like that. I love I Dream of Jeannie. It's like... It's like I'm doing a one-woman version of Equus or something. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It's all mine. It's sure. all real. Hey, I heard something uh, uh, that I did not expect. Is that over the COVID uh, times, you hung out, like, your place of safety was Barcelona? Yes, my safe place was Barcelona. And my safe word is banana. Mm. 
Um, Pumpkin patch. Really? Yeah, just in case. Well, food. Commercial. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was living in Barcelona for close to five years, and 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 uh, COVID happened, and so I battened down the hatches there. So, uh, how tough was the lockdown there? Because uh, Europeans took it pretty seriously, right? They took it very seriously. We had times of day that we could walk our dog. We had times of day you could take your children out, and depending on their age, it was different times. So there were many people that would borrow other people's pets to be able to get out <laughs> and walk. We saw a guy with a goat. I'm not joking. Now, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Maisel is returning for the fourth season. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. We have made it. So we've I made it to so 1960 good. at this point. Yes, okay. 1960. So you're a manager of a stand-up in, in the series, and you did stand-up when you were younger, I hear. I did stand-up, yes. Uh -huh. I started, the first, the first time I did stand-up, I was 16 years old. Wow, what do you talk about <laughs> when you're 16? I didn't say it was good, but I... <laughs> what do you, what do you talk did. about when you're 16? What's your Well, I, I, you know, you, you write what you know. Mm -hmm. So at that time, it's teachers, parents, school. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually had a gig when I was 16. It was a place called Gallagher's. Not the Gallagher's, but it was in the basement of a Ramada Inn in Chatsworth, California. Sure, 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 yeah, Gallagher's. And they just thought it was a kick that I wanted to do stand-up, so they paid me 20 bucks, and I filled the house with, like, a bunch of Jewish people from the valley, kind of wow. stormed the So they made the their money back. They made their money back, and, yeah, the material was all about... One bit was, in particular, about the toilet paper and the in the bathrooms uh, at the school. They, they wouldn't let us have regular rolled toilet paper. It was too good for us, apparently. So it was these <laughs> tiny sheets. You know those little things yes, that yes. like look like a tiny? And it was this big, and I basically stood on the stage and compared it to my... <laughs> and, you know, said, if you're trying, for cost-saving purposes, this is doing the opposite. Because... <laughs> well... Does this, does this tempt you at all when you, when you like, like, being some managing a stand-up? Do you get to do stand-up again? Yeah. I did, and I have. I, while I was in Barcelona, I managed in, in a, a, a population of, what is it, two million people, there are 6,000 Jews in Barcelona, and I found one and a half of them. The half? The, the half. One is a half. Is that these guys? Yes, that is these guys. Who are these fellows? Um, this is, I started doing stand-up and a musical stand-up show with these fellows. Um, I refer to them as, um, this is the Rick Moranis-looking mother <laughs> here. That's Eric. Mm. And this, we always referred to as Esteban Colberto. <laughs> Does he not look like Stephen Colbert? This is, when was this taken? <laughs> this is the same guy. Outside of our theater. What? Pull out. Pull yeah, out. Pull out. Pull, pull out. out. Pull out. I've heard that before. That's me. <laughs> CBS. Yes, he looks so much like you. People would often say that he looks like. His name is Salva. Um, and the three of us do a, a stand, I do a stand-up kind of a one-person thing that we're going to be shooting this year. Well, that's wonderful. Are you a singer as well? I sing. Yes. So, but you differentiate between I sing and being a singer. You know, I feel like I'm not a... I haven't made a living singing. I haven't... Yet. Yet. Tonight's the night, folks. No. Um, <laughs> do you have a style? Do you, like, Great American Songbook? Or what, what? do you have a style you particularly like? You know what happened? I started singing. I loved it. When I was little, I went on an aud audition that was, like, for this theater camp. And they made us go and, and audition to the dance teacher, the singing teacher, and... 
and they would write notes about you. And I got up to the singing part next to the piano, and they had already written notes because we'd done scales. And I snuck a peek at the notes about me, and there was an asterisk that said, has weight problem, tone deaf. Oh my god. And I was like, I am not tone deaf. Um, but you it stuck the, with me. It stuck about, with me. Uh, about Fred Astaire, his audition for no. MGM. Famously, the notes at Fred Astaire is when he did his screen test was, can't sing, can't act, balding, can dance a little. Are you kidding me? That's, that's what the notes say on his screen test. That's insane. I think of you as the Fred Astaire of the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Thank you. I'll take it. Alice, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having Lovely me. Lovely to meet you. Season four of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel premieres this Friday on Prime Video. Alex Borstein, everybody. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.